Welcome back to Real Vision Cryptos. After the hype, reality sets in for NFTs. On our final day, we're looking to the future and evolution of NFTs into community and fan tokens. To help us learn more, Alexandre Dreyfus, CEO of Chili's and Socios, sits down with Rao Pal to discuss the impetus behind founding those companies, as well as the ways in which the space is evolving to meet the demands of fans and communities. Alexandre, great to get you on Real Vision. Hi, Raul. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, I hunted you down on Twitter because I've been following what you guys have been up to for a while. So I hunted you down. I thought I need to get you here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm super excited because you, you are one of the rare guys, actually, that is very educated and is doing a lot of work behind the questions. So I'm very happy to be able to actually answer to any question you have. Fantastic. So first, I'd love to hear your background. How the hell did you get into all of this? How did you get into crypto, all of this? How, how much time we have? Because not sure it's <laughs> going to be enough. We have uh, plenty of time. <laughs> so uh, a bit of background, I guess. Um, French, obviously, with this accent. Really? Uh, I didn't notice. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you didn't. I'm based in Malta, actually. But uh, long story short, I've been an internet entrepreneur for 25 years, since uh, 1995, when I was 18, uh, created different internet companies, um, successfully and successfully. Uh, then for 15, no, 12 years, I was in the online gaming industry, uh, sports betting and online poker, especially poker, actually. Mm -hmm. And I sold my business in 2012 in US, in Las Vegas, uh, the technology. Um, and then I reinvested in different ventures. And three years and a half ago, I jumped very, very late in the crypto space through the sports window. Sometimes I'm in the sports business. Sometimes I'm in the crypto space. It really depends who I'm going to talk to. Today, it's going to be, I hope, a mix of both. Um, but the, the genesis of what we, we, we are doing came actually from our failure in delivering a sports business in the, in the poker space. And that's how it started. So what is it that you saw? In the, tell me about this crypto journey and how did you put two and two together that sports betting or essentially involvement in sports could lead to something else? I mean, we, we, we don't do gambling or betting at all. But what happened is, um, when was that? So 2016, uh, I was in the poker business, not, not as an operator, just like um, uh, we, we were creating a poker league, literally like the UFC of poker or NBA of poker or NFL of poker. We had like 12 teams, uh, the New York Rounders, the Las Vegas Moneymakers, the Paris Aviators. So we created a league, a league from scratch. We raised money from VCs in China uh, for this project, uh, and we made it happen. And after one year, we failed miserably. Um, we, we built a TV studio in Las Vegas, amazing one. Uh, we built a studio in Europe. We did like 400 hours of uh, live stream, 180 matches. It was, it was really cool. Uh, objectively, actually, it was really cool. <laughs> but there was not a significant audience because it was poker, because we wanted to sportify poker, etc., uh, etc. Et and at that point, the question was, hey, we, we own a sports property, shitty one, but still we own a sports property. How can, we money, how can we engage and monetize our fan base? And that triggered a, a one year and a half brainstorm process um, where, hey, maybe instead of trying to engage and monetize the sports property that actually doesn't work that we have, maybe we should do that for others. And the question is, how can you engage and monetize uh, sports fan uh, in, 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 the, in the sports industry? And so we came up with a, a very basic and naive idea that 99.9% .9 of sports fans are not in the arena, not in the city, and not even in the country of the team they are supporting today. 
that was different 50 years ago. But today, because of broadcasting, global broadcasting, social media, celebrities, every small team is actually a big team globally somehow. And so most of the fans are not anymore the 50,000 people that are in the stadium. So what can you offer to a fan that is in Japan, in Korea, in, in, in France or in Brazil? Um, and we started to work uh, and, and think about that. And we realized that the most valuable thing you can give a fan is the recognition of being a fan. You as a sports property, you are telling me, a random Joe, anywhere in the world, that I am a fan, I'm a super fan, I'm a fan 3.0, whatever you want to call it. And we, we really started around that. And we eventually came up that, what is the second thing that is the most valuable for a fan? Well, it's actually to be listened, that you are listening to me. It doesn't mean that I control you, but I can have a say. And suddenly, I exist. And so this whole concept of social status uh, became socios.com. Uh, and or socios.com. The whole idea now is, long story short, if I may, is we are tokenizing sports team, like we have 40 plus sports team in the world right now. Uh, and we are creating a concept or concept or a product called fan token. And these fan tokens are digital assets. They are not NFTs, they are fungibles, but they are digital assets that give you uh, a part of being a member of a community, having a voting right, and the more tokens you have, the more power you have in the voting and give you benefits and gamification and all the other things we're going to develop around that. It's, it's the kind of new generation of loyalty program, but completely for the next two, five to 10 years where fans are not anymore just the guy who has a tattoo, who loves the team and who is in the arena, but really the new generation of digital fans. And that's what we are pushing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer that community is the future of all business models. Um, and that tokenization is going to be the the predominant way that we organize these large complex groups. Um, now, whether that's sports fans or whether it's around music artists or even businesses themselves. So, you know, when I saw what you were doing, I thought it was super interesting because um, what's interesting is I think you've only just started on the journey of where this is all going because right now you've connected the fan to the club, which is great. So they feel important. Yep. Um, it's in addition to, for them buying a t-shirt, they can now have a say in the club. Then you start getting some benefits attached to it, but then eventually you connect everybody in the network and then the network has real value, right? That's, that's how you value the network. A few things from here. First, we think as a, as a company, as a vision, as a real vision, let's put it, uh, <laughs> that the future of sports industry in terms of monetization is going from a passive fan to an active fan. That's the bridge. And we want to be that bridge and that gateway. That's really our business. Uh, that's true in sports, indeed. That can be true in entertainment and other verticals. We are not, that, we are not ourselves yet there, and I will explain why, but we are focusing in sports. Now, the question from the sports industry point of view is, um, and I will say I will take that outside of US because US has a very unique model because of franchise and this whole redistribution, which funny enough for um, capitalistic country, franchise are very so socialist and communism because everything <laughs> is shared in the thing. So that's a little bit ironic sometimes. But anyway, um, in the rest of the world, everybody is fighting against each other uh, to get most of the revenue and, and everybody is more or less uh, alone in, in their journey. And so there is a, a cap, a ceiling in terms of broadcasting, right? There is a ceiling in terms of ticketing. You cannot set, you cannot add tickets. 
you cannot increase the price of the tickets uh, for social reason. So there is a revenue that at some point is going to reach a ceiling. And it's actually even going to go down, not the ticketing, but the broadcasting right and potentially the sponsoring, because at some point you cannot sell more uh, every year, etc. So the only thing that can grow as uh, in the sports industry is the fan monetization. But what can you sell to a fan? Uh, you, you, you know, there is always this dream of, oh, we're going to sell content and they're going to have behind the scene. Nobody buys this. The only uh, content that people buy in sports is live sports. That's it. Uh, you, 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 people don't really buy a replay. It's free on most of the platform. And everything that is behind the scene is on um, social media, Instagram, and it's for free because then celebrities capture that to sell their own sponsoring. So the, the only thing that you can create is this new relationship between sports team and fans. We believe that what we do is one path. There will be others, but we kind of believe that we are the main one. Um, and so, indeed, now that you are telling me that I'm part of this community, we, we also realize that everything in sports is about scarcity. Uh, limited amount of tickets, limited amount of jersey, limited amount of everything. If there is scarcity, if there is demand, there is value. If there is value, there is a market. So we created a marketplace where you and I can buy these fan tokens. You can sell them, you can buy them, you can hold them, you can do whatever you want. This is this is this is not the primary business, of course, of the or, or rather the primary uh, purpose of the fan tokens, but yet it's there. The same way in the ticketing industry, there is a secondary market that is massive. The same way that is no, in the sneakers industry, uh, there is a massive six billion dollar secondary market, uh, and, and and yet the business of Nike is to sell shoes. Our business is to sell tokens. There is a secondary market, great. But the, the, the purpose of what we are doing is the utility. The question is what utility and how you, you scale that utility. That's the difficult Where are you now in utility and where do you want to get to? Because you've obviously got a vision. You're very early in doing this. Not many people have done that at the scale that you guys. And we'll talk a, a lot about all the projects you're working yeah. on and what you're doing. But I'm just trying to think about how are you thinking of this journey of where we are now in utility and where you want to get to? We are at five, six, seven percent of the utility we should have. Uh, right now, the sports industry is difficult because let, let's be realistic. When we started three years ago to engage with these clubs, it was all about education. Three years after, it's still all about education. And in the next three years, it's still going to be all about education. Why? Because people don't understand what we do. Sometimes we sign deals that are very successful for the team make millions of dollars, and yet sometimes the management doesn't completely get what we are doing. And I'm not afraid to say that because it's true. Uh, and, and that's okay. You know, there is a leap of faith. There is a, a risk reward to be taken. They are doing it. Now we have a massive track record, so it's a bit of a different, uh, a different story, but still. In, in terms of utility, it is something that, and that's why I was talking about education, is, is something that you have to, to earn. Why? Because Clubs are not going to give away, and I'm not saying power, but they're not going to give away valuable benefits. They're not going to give away um, more and more utility if what we do hasn't been proven to be right. And we, we started with, as I said, two things. One is kind of a social status. So it's like a, 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 a yeah, loyalty program where I am a member. There is only 20 million tokens of that team. I have 10 out of them. And I'm one of these guys. Okay, great. The reality is we haven't launched the most important part, which is the bragging right. Because the bragging right, and actually I will explain the, the bragging right after. 
The second thing is the voice, having a say. Uh, this, we've been pretty su successful for now in a way that we have teams that ask their token holders, hey, what music do you want to have in the stadium every time we score a goal? What is the design of the bus or the jersey for the next season? What is the thing you want to have in the uh, dressing room for the players? What is the uh, lucky charm that you want to give to the captain? Like, small things. I is it gimmicky? Yes, sometimes it's gimmicky, but yet it was never been done before. Yet fans were, were never able to have a say on these things. So you can tell me, oh yeah, but this is bullshit. Well, maybe, but it was never be, it, it has never been done before. Now we are building a, a foundation. This foundation has to grow to give more and more utility and more and more benefits. Gamification. The more you vote, the more you get rewarded. The more you check in in uh, watching a match, the more you get rewarded. The, the more you get, I mean, the more you engage with your team one way or another, you have to get rewarded. This we started to launch a few weeks ago, the whole gamification ecosystem or platform rather into the, into the app. And it's starting to get there. And one thing you, you talk about network or what we do is a network play. Today in 2021, um, there is no such a thing that a fan who is a fan of one team, one sport it doesn't exist anymore. Nowadays, fans are fans of multiple teams and multiple sports because of social media again, because of internet, because of everything. So I can be a UFC fan and I also like rugby because whatever reason, and I also like Formula One. And in that case, I'm going to like McLaren, uh, uh, yeah, McLaren or Aston Martin. Uh, I'm going to like uh, Juventus because there is Ronaldo, but I also like Barcelona because there is Messi. So I, I'm a fan of multiple brands. Our job is to aggregate as many teams as we can, as many IP as we can into that platform and ecosystem, because in that way, we increase the revenue per user and therefore the revenue per team. Because the guy that we call, that we managed to engage because of Barcelona, eventually five, seven, eight percent of them are going to buy some uh, Juventus. And Juventus is going to generate more revenue because we have Barcelona as well and vice versa. So we are in a business where the network effect is massive. And that's why we are spending a lot of efforts, uh, a lot of resources and a little bit of money uh, in order to build uh, this, this whole ecosystem. And that's why now we have like more than 40 teams all over the world but we'll have 50, 60, 70 easily by the end of the year. And this is a cultural phenomenon because now people can basically invest in culture. Now, the tokens aren't, you know, we all know the securities laws and these are not necessarily investments, but if you participate in the token economy of your club that you're a fan of, you'll basically have an opportunity to share in the rewards of the growth of that network. Yeah. And that's, that's an incredibly different thing because culture, like both music and sports were the two big cultural phenomena you could never participate in. All you could do was buy the product, either watch the game or in music, buy the music or go to an event. This changes all of that because it creates economies out of fans that never existed. And that's so powerful. I like this. Actually, I never used the word culture for this. And the, the way I see it, you know, is... I will take the example of Juventus. Uh, so Juventus, or Juventus, depending on how you want to spell it, but let's say Juventus, the, the Italian team who has Ronaldo. Juventus is a listed company. Actually, AS Roma is also a listed company. Right. This company, you can buy your share. Great. What does it give you, right? Well, it gives you a right on the, on the equity and it gives you a right to uh, potentially vote at the end of the year or who's going to be, uh, I mean, to more or less validate the board meeting and the salary of the board and the accounts. That's it. Doesn't give you any right whatsoever. 
Now you can buy um, something more interesting, which is a share of influence. Uh, that share of influence is the token. That token is indeed a translation of not an equity as we know it, but an equity of the brand somehow, an equity of the community. And I've thought of this as an entirely different value layer that sits above equity that didn't exist before because but for, let's say, sports teams to access their fans, they had to pay social media, they had to go onto different platforms, and they had to lease their audiences back from Facebook and everybody else. And this way, it kind of aligns the benefits. And I started looking at these network effect businesses, and Facebook's a classic example of a network effect business. Mm -hmm. And they have this structure where the shareholders get all the economic value, and the network users get the network benefit. Mm -hmm. But they don't get the monetary value. Then Bitcoin comes along and changes everything because the network user gets the value because sure. you own the token. And that unlocks this whole community thing or fandom because then now suddenly, as you say, above equity is this whole other thing that is potentially larger than the equity itself. No, fair enough. And, and that's, that's the way we see it. And you could argue that even the clubs and all the brands should be part of this ecosystem. So the way we, we envision our business is we have our own chain called, called the Chili's chain. The Chili's chain is right now technically it's a proof of authority chain. It's boring, yes, but that's not the point. Caveat: I, I own Chili's, just so just so we're aware. Me too. That makes both. That makes both <laughs> of us. I hope so. <laughs> and the idea of the Chili's chain uh, is that eventually each club, each partner, become a node and a validator in that chain. So right now, sure, we are the, the main one running the chain. Tough life. We have to start somewhere. Yeah, you're not trying to build a distributed currency like Bitcoin. I don't know. That's definitely not my job. My job is to create a new fan ecosystem, fan transactional, fan monetization, whatever. But the key here, and I, and I was in a meeting today uh, with, with, a, with a club, always asking us, hey, what happened in the next few years? And the, the example I take is when I, when I am in a meeting, there is always a table. At the table, there is always chairs. I always say that right now, I own most of the chairs of that table, meaning I own most of the access to that chain. But in the next few years, our job is to actually make every club, every IP, to actually be a part of the chain uh, and be a, a node, a validator, whatever we want to call it. And so eventually, you have the biggest mainstream blockchain that is run by the biggest brands in the world. Uh, and that's what we were building right now. And all of the teams that we have signed or joining that movement, sort of. Uh, and we even have like third-party companies like Rakuten that are becoming an old validator and some other brands that's going to join this ecosystem. So that, that's what we are building. And, and, and it works. And we, we've been, we, we failed in many ways. Uh, we, we, we are failing in, a, in acquiring a lot of users because the education process is, is long. And whatever amount of money you have and whatever exposure you get, from a team, you still have to educate, 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 educate. And so it will take years to reach what we believe is the right size. But yet, every day, we have more and more users engaging with us. And also, you know, looking when you deepen out the token ecosystem, people, once you roll out the second benefits where people can earn tokens for, let's say, creating content on TikTok or whatever, and it gets some sort of virality, they get rewarded with tokens. Once people can start earning tokens, by being good community members, then suddenly it starts taking off because people think, well, oh, I, can, I can earn more tokens by, by helping my club and 
and building the network effects. Here we always have to be careful. I'm very careful with the earn earning tokens by um, doing actions. We have to be careful because then it actually there is always a guy. Uh, that will find a way to actually create fake fake action and get rewarded for that. Either fake content or content that is like a clickbait and is just a way for him to make money, but the content is valueless. The, the way we see it is more in rewarding the fans by engaging with the clubs. And how do we do that? I'll take a couple of examples. For example, a Visa card. So you have a socios.com Visa card. It's not about crypto. Forget crypto. This Visa card, you put, you top it up with your uh, Euro, GPB, USD, whatever. Um, you go to a Nike shop uh, and you spend $100. Great. But because you have a Paris Saint-Germain token in your wallet, in your social wallet, and Nike is a sponsor of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, I'm going to give you a cashback of 10% because of that. Not directly at the transaction because I, I cannot do that, but because I can map this information later, uh, I can reward you. So my point here is, how can we help sports team and rather sponsor of sports team to actually engage even more with their fans uh, through transaction? And this, we have like hundreds of ideas how to make Are you this. You're creating the connection between the sponsors, the sports team, and the fans. Yes, that's the triangle we are, we, we, we are building. And for us, you know, there is always this, oh, that's amazing. I could create a token. Uh, you could create a token for a sports team and I can spend this token in the online shop or in the stadium. Who cares? I mean, I can go to the stadium and spend my dollars. It works very well. I can go to the online shop and spend my dollars. It works very well as well. We are not here to replace something that exists. I believe that cryptocurrency is not about currencies. It's about digital assets. And we think that the ownership of digital assets, fan tokens, is actually a translation to give you benefits. Then you translate these benefits into the real life. Uh, and and that's, that's really your vision in that way. How are you solving the wallet issues and stuff like that? Do you have a specific wallet that you can do it? Does it interoperate with anything else? I mean, can you use your MetaMask wallet? How, do you, how are you thinking of bringing it into the overall digital asset ecosystem? And do people even understand what wallets are? The average fan in Toulouse, you know? That's my point. I'm the CEO of a blockchain company, and yet I don't have MetaMask. So that, 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 that's what it is. Uh, we, we are in a... It, to, to become mainstream, you, you have to think differently. So we, we have a consumer-facing app called Socios.com. You can download it right now. You, it's very, in that way, centralized at that point, uh, even in terms of custody and everything. We, we are running most of the show. Why? Because that's the only way to do it. Uh, when the technology... Uh, I have a friend who runs a company called Zengo, uh, based out of Israel. They have wallet with uh, something called MPC, which is multiple party, whatever, custody. I don't understand it, but it, it really delocalizes and decentralizes, actually, the, the, uh, the, uh, the custody. When that, that kind of technology is going to come up in a, in a more mainstream way, then we will be more decentralized, even as a product, as a consumer-facing product. But still, I, I will not need to have uh, 12 uh, words or 24 words to have access to my product because otherwise it's never going to work. We haven't solved anything, but we 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 are we are a consumer facing product first before being a crypto company. So yeah. when you go in the app, it, you literally put your credit card, you put your details or whatever, then you can buy with it, you get your chilies, you get your fan token, but there is no such a thing that uh, it makes it's a, it's a look and feel of a traditional crypto uh, product because it's not a crypto product. It's a utility 
I mean, it's a utility product based on a crypto layer. Uh, and that we, at the end, we are an app. That, that's what we are. Everything has to go that way, right? It doesn't, shouldn't be crypto first. Crypto is just the rails things runs on. Yes. And so, so how does the token work? So uh, the clubs are bonded to the Chili's token. And is the Chili's token a, um, uh, on Ethereum or a different yes. chain? Yeah, right, right, right. now, Chili's is, uh, is on Ethereum and also on, uh, on the Binance chain. But um, it's on ERC20 uh, listed on whatever exchanges, including Coinbase. Very happy about this one. <laughs> and uh, well, it was just two weeks ago. And um, but the um, Ethereum uh, Chili's is kind of uh, the, the example I will take is the following. Remember, 30, 40 years ago, in a video game arcade, you go in that video game arcade, you get ten dollars. They give you ten tokens. With these ten tokens, you can play with any video games that is in the arcade. Here, it's exactly the same. You go in the Sorcerer's app, you put your ten bucks, you get whatever amount of chilies, and with these chilies, you can engage with the whole platform and the whole ecosystem. Uh, you can cash out your chilies, of course. You can send your chilies out, of course. But my point is, the whole ecosystem we've built is against chilies. So when you buy a Juventus token in the Sorcerer's app, it's against chilies. When you trade it, it's against chilies. So the the money, not the monetary, but the the digital currency that translate the whole ecosystem is Chili's. Now, some of these tokens are also listed on Binance, a bit in Korea, Paribu in um, Turkey, Mercado Bitcoin in Brazil. And when they're traded or tradable uh, in third-party exchanges, then it's not anymore against Chili's. It's USDT, BTC, whatever, or the local currency. But it doesn't matter because in our own platform, in the, um, in the platform that is promoted to the mainstream, to the traditional users, to the, the, the random Joe, it will be against Chili's. So Chili's is the... Liquidity you know, provider, essentially, of, in of the a way, Yes, yes. It's, it's, uh, for me, it's the digital currency for sports and entertainment, whatever that means. But yeah. it's, the, it's this access to the whole services we are building. Talk to me about the kind of clubs that you've got. And in fact, differently... Tell me about how the hell you went to the first club. Said, <laughs> "Listen, I've got this stupid idea of which you won't understand, and I want you to do this." Talk me through that. Uh, so that was more or less exactly like this, uh, which was a painful <laughs> process. Uh, especially it was in summer 2018. So we were at the end of the. I'm not going to say bubble, but we were in a in a more like go, going down, going down, going down. Yet there was a lot of money. We we did. What happened is early 18, we did raise a decent amount of uh, money, mainly from Asia, doing like a private placement. So we had capital to build up and, 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 and create a whole ecosystem. And I, I, I will be very straightforward. The beauty of the sports industry is, or rather, the bad thing of the sports industry is everything is about money. But the beauty of, every, of the sports industry is everything is about money. So if you have cash, you have to be listened. They, they, they don't have the right to not listen to you. Uh, now it's you to be able to convince them that what you do is legit uh, and that it fits their need or at least their strategy. And the first two clubs that we convinced were Paris Saint-Germain and Juventus. Um, we did talk at that time to some other clubs, the, the, the big ones, but they looked at us like, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Uh, and, uh, and then three years after, well, they, the guys who say no, thank you, they are most, uh, most of them are with us and ought to be with us. Now you've got a, a lot of clubs there. Are people now starting, do the clubs have any kind of correlation? Do the tokens have correlation to match success or anything else? That's not, you know, it's not part of the token, but it's part of the, the fandom. I mean, are people like trading tokens of, in a game of Barcelona against Juventus? 
So yes, what's interesting is, you know, uh, I love crypto, but I hate crypto as well because the market is sometimes stupid. You don't understand the market. You don't know why the market does what the market does. Uh, and that's completely true as well in fan tokens. So um, when Atletico Madrid uh, in Spain uh, was running to win La Liga, so the main championship in uh, April to May, let's say, uh, the fan token trading and price action went crazy like really like multiple three times four times whatever with in stupid amount of uh, of trading volume uh, it's not on our platform but on on third party platform like binance what was a little bit frustrating they won la liga uh congratulations first time in a few years etc but it was uh, buy the rumor sell the news so the fact that they won la liga made the token went down actually i'm pretty sure that if they obviously if they would have lost it would still have done anyway you know Crypto is not science. There is, no, there is no formula. Nobody can predict anything. So does the fan and traders trade events? Yes, that's actually what's called trading. So they are trading events. They are trading information. Do, is it correlated to the sports? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Um, will it be more the case in the future? I believe so. Uh, and, and that's why we'll have season right now, for example, the trading. Well, this is fun. why, you know, I think of sports betting, even though it's not sports betting, but basically it's a way of expressing opinions about clubs. Completely. It's, it's, it's a trans- for me, I like to call it, it's a translation of fan sentiment. Yes. Uh, so it's at some point right now, I'm going to put my money, not to win money, but just because I'm supporting my team and I believe in that and there is all this emotion. And, and back to earlier, you were talking about tokenization of culture. I always joke that, we are tokenizing emotion. That's my. That's our job. We are tokenizing emotion. Of course, we have to be careful because it's dangerous sometimes. So we, we have to put, you know, a, a check and balance. Uh, and and we, we have actually decent amount of limits and, and, and self, uh, yeah, quite, quite a lot of stuff because we come from the sports betting industry. So we do have a, a big edge we have from, uh, I would say, startups that came three years ago, two years ago, one year ago in the crypto space is that we have 15 years of e-commerce and sports betting, which means KYC, ML, regulation, banking, payments, all of this, we've done that for 15 years. So that, that helped us a lot and that give and makes our ecosystem a little bit safer. It's never safe enough, but still a little bit safer in that way. Um, but yes, I hope fans eventually will engage with these tokens in a, in a seasonal way and, and and that will be the translation of sentiment. And when the team sucks, yeah, but well, sell sell the token if you want. It's you know, it's it's part of the game. There is people who will trade for trading, and there is people who will always hold because they focus on the on the on the utility and the benefits that they want out of it. And we need to find the right balance between that. And how do the clubs deal with issuance schedules and all of that? Have they just issued a sh- small amount of tokens initially, and? getting the engagement to grow. How, how is that process working? The way we do it is, first of all, we are the issuer. We as a company, we are the issuer of every single token of every teams in the world we are working with. So we are the one who is responsible legally, technically, financially, and everything uh, for the good stuff and for the bad stuff. Uh, why? Because we don't believe it. It's not that we don't believe it. Clubs are not ready for that. Clubs don't, don't, we will not know how to take that even legally regulatory-wise, and at the end, that's our value. We know how to do it. So we are the issuer. We actually get a license from the club to use their brand and to connect and to work together. We have a revenue share, so when we, more or less, let's say 50-50, so when we sell 
100 tokens, $100, uh, then uh, they will take $50 out of it. So we share our revenue with the clubs, which makes sense. Uh, and the way we do it is, let's say, 20, um, for example, we, we, mint, uh, we mint or issue 20 million tokens for some of our biggest teams. Tokens are not divisible, by the way. Uh, and this 20 million okay. tokens, we will sell or release into the market as a circulating supply, 5 to 10% more or less in the year one, and we'll release everything else over the and next... And is that set. as an airdrop or is that as a purchase? So no, as a purchase. No, no. Okay. Uh, it's, so the, the first... Um, Airdrop will not work because you don't have enough users. Uh, you, you will not have enough users to airdrop them. Um, we do. It's funny that word airdrop. Actually, I'll take an example. We we saw we send an email to the forty thousand. I don't know fifty thousand uh, uh, um, ticket season holder of uh, one club that we are working with, and we give them one token. But yet, out of forty thousand people, you get only five hundred, one thousand, two thousand maximum that's going to open an account and claim it. So you still have ninety-nine percent of the people who will never claim because they don't know what is an email, they don't know what is that thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we um, we believe that the the way we approach it is we have a, an initial sale. We call that fan token offering because it's trendy, but fan token sale, whatever you want to call it. This sale is the initial sale that we do to the fans, and we actually have like super limited amounts. Uh, where uh, there is a limit to $25 or $50 for the first two hours, and then it goes to $250, uh, $250 for, for like another two hours, and usually it's sold out. And that's for the first like 5% or 10% of the supply. Then the rest of the supply has a vesting schedule, very similar to other traditional uh, uh, pre-minted token. You will have a vested schedule over the next eight years, more or less, uh, and we are entitled to release slash sell into the market if there is a demand uh, up to a five to eight to ten percent per year this works only if there is demand otherwise obviously it's it, it's only, i mean doesn't matter um but that's how we, we we see it and eventually clubs generate revenue also on the trading fees because the the, the we have sort of like trading fees like any marketplace like ebay amazon whatever we generate a fee or commission, and that commission is shared with the club. So the club is generate revenue every time their token are also traded on our platform. Where they are traded on third-party platform, they don't get anything. But when they are traded in our platform, sorry, they they are uh, they are trade they are getting commission. So when do you think things change and the clubs themselves start focusing on the token and the token economics? When 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 are they going to make that step? Because right now it's basically you saying. Listen, you're an amazing club. You've got a bunch of fans. We can do this and you can make some money out of it. So as you said, it's franchised. Yeah. But at some point, the clubs will need to get heavily involved in creating value. Yes. I will put it the way a recent club told me. There is a big major club which generated like more than $20 million of revenue for them. I mean, not for them. With us, so let's say half of it for them. And I went to that meeting and the guy said, Alex, the $7 million you sent us, is a very good educational tool. Uh, and the, the, the reality is three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, people were looking at us like, okay, sure, whatever. Now they see, ah, wait, wait a second. It does generate revenue. And yes, we now do understand that in the next five to 10 years, our businesses are going to change. Our businesses are going to become entertainment businesses. As a, as a sports brand, till now, 
my business was to have guys running on a field, uh, a soccer field, and playing against each other. And I was lucky because there was people watching that on TV. But in the next 10 years, this will evolve. Still the same game, but the whole ecosystem is going to change more into like B2C businesses. I believe that the sports industry is one of the rare industries that hasn't been disrupted yet uh, during the last 20 years in, the, um, uh, in this digital space. Banking, travel, dating, everything has been disrupted except sports. And I think that will happen in the next 10 years. I think because, you know, young, I mean, the young generation are more into Fortnite or into Netflix, these old things we always read and say, but it's true. And, and for someone who plays on Fortnite, or plays on other games, we need to think differently. A sports team needs to think differently. The digital world is as important as the physical world. It's going to oh, be. Oh, yes. And, and, and we, I think that these fan tokens, and, and then we can talk about NFTs, but these fan tokens will be one of these link between uh, fans and teams and will be one of these massive moves uh, towards the next generation of revenue. Do you imagine that things like the English Premier League are going to, let's say, white label the Chile's token, have a Premier League token, and then have all of the teams below it? Because, as you know, these guys are controllers. They all, same with the NFL, same with the NBA, all of this stuff. So is that kind of part of where this is all going as well, where these controlling entities, Formula One, same same thing, yeah. where they control this ecosystem using your rails, for example? Which nationality are you? I'm English, half Indian, half Dutch, live in the Cayman Islands and lived in Spain for 10 years. I'm <laughs> <Makes> everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking because the reality is in US it's possible. That's why you have NBA Top Shot. It's branded NBA. Tomorrow you will probably have NFL something and it's going to be branded NFL, etc. In Europe and everywhere else in the world, every team is independent. They are part of a league, but the league has zero control on the relationship between the brand uh, and, and their fans and the brand in general, actually. So, for example, when we sign a deal with the NBA team, which we announced already, we have one, actually we have more, but we announced one. Um, this deal is approved by the NBA. When we sign a deal with Manchester City or Juventus or whatever, the Premier League or the Serie A doesn't have to approve it at all. So, having said so, it doesn't mean that you cannot have a Premier League uh, fantokens.com platform but I don't think it will happen. Well, because the Premier League also negotiates the broadcasting rights. Yes, but that's the only thing. Yeah. Why would I they not good. do that? Because they cannot ask the team to give a third part. First of all, the only right they are selling is indeed the broadcasting right. But for example, the right that I need from a team is the right to vote, the right to use... Uh, the, um, the logo of the team to do something very specific, this, they don't own it. Uh, and they cannot sell it to me. The Premier League cannot sell me anything that is relevant for me. Uh, the La Liga, Serie A, they cannot sell me anything. We, we can buy stuff from them to promote our business, but the relationship and what I need comes from the team, never from the leagues. I imagine that you think this is going to pan out across all of the sports industry, whether it's you know, everything from racing, driving to, it could be, it could be literally anything. It could be even horse racing. I mean, you could own a token of a horse, right? It's funny. I don't know, because a horse died. Uh, so the only reason we don't do, for example, celebrities, athletes, uh, tennis players for now, it's because what is the utility of the token when the brand, uh, the horse 
or the player dies or the singer dies. Uh, that's why for now the, the fan tokens we created are only for teams because Juventus, Manchester City, uh, ba uh, uh, FC Barcelona, etc. or brands that's going to last for the next 100 years. Um, I don't know what will happen to a token of um, uh, Rafael Nadal in two years when he's retiring. Uh, what's going to be the utility of the token? Most likely we're going to make a collectible out of it. Sure, okay, great. But then this link between a, a fungible token to an NFT, it breaks a little bit the dynamic of what we are building. So we, for now, focusing only on team sports, almost, except the example of UFC. But um, for now, we've signed, I don't know, 30 football, soccer teams or football teams, depends where you are. We signed two Formula One teams. And again, we don't need Formula One. We just signed the teams themselves. And, uh, and they are very creative, so it's very cool. Um, we've signed um, cricket teams for in India, uh, three IPL teams, uh, I think. Out of interest, how did that go in India? Because that's that's really interesting. Because they are super fans, right? So it's the second biggest sport in the world. People don't realize, but cricket is the second biggest sport in the world in terms of audience, not monetization at all, but in terms of audience, yes. It's very early. Let's put it that way. We are in a very, very, we haven't launched a token at all. It's an educational process. There is regulatory uh, issue, exposure, have to be careful. The teams are owned by big family and influential people, so have to be even more careful, et cetera, et cetera. So as you know, India is a, is a different animal in, in every way. So we, it's not in, in Europe in terms of risk taking. So India is a decent market in crypto. It's not a big market in fan tokens at all. But in the next five to 10 years, it will be. Um, we have UFC. We've signed UFC as well, which we launched yesterday. UFC fan token was launched yesterday. Uh, two, uh, one million token out of 20 million. Um, and, and then, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to go after more and more sports. Not that there is a lot of sports left, but in US, of course, uh, there, there is a, a regulatory framework that is complicated, so we have to work with it or within it, uh, knowing that actually there is no regulatory framework. That's the issue. Yeah. So you have to navigate into it. Uh, and um, but it doesn't matter. You know, we we we've signed, as I said, we signed actually we've signed an NHL team officially. We've signed uh, one NBA team officially. We have more IPs. Let's put it to make it broad that are signed. Much more we, will be announced soon, but. We, we are taking our time. The first step is education, is promotion. Token will come at a later time when the regulatory framework will be uh, more uh, friendly, if it happens. Who's going to build out the token economies? So it's just not an extractive sell where you know you sell the tokens and you just kind of leave it like as that. How, how does the whole economies get built out? Because you've got a lot of clubs now, and it's that's a lot of work to build that out. So we, we do everything ourselves. Uh, we are 120 people in the company now, 120. So we are actually a very big, as a crypto business, we're probably one of the biggest uh, beside exchanges. Uh, and we're going to be 200 by the end of the year. We're opening a big office in Madrid, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's our job. It's not the club's job. Um, sometimes clubs do have like uh, experts and uh, advisor, consultant that are working with them, uh, starting to ask the right question, which is cool, uh, which never happened the, the last three years, but now it's happening. Um, and we also have one mechanism, which we are still testing, and uh, that's going to make you laugh, is every time that Juventus, I take that as an example, huh? but every time that Juventus is scoring, we are going to burn tokens. Hmm. So the idea at some point is, okay, there is scarcity, there is a limited amount. So the more performing the team is, the less token will be available for the fans eventually. And then you create a whole dynamic around that. So we, we are still in the exploring stage of this. We've done it 
six or seven times. We didn't scale it yet, uh, trying to understand the good, the good things and the bad things. But that's the kind of uh, crazy stuff we are doing. And it's very fascinating because when we do that, then the whole social media is on fire. Are they going to burn 10,000? Are they going to burn? Yes, they burn 10,000 tokens. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. We're going to come on to the Chili's token itself in a sec, but NFTs, how are you thinking about layering in NFTs into this? Because, you know, that is, we talked about this digital world where we're all moving towards. NFTs are going to be part of this. Yeah. You're currently not doing NFTs, but I guess it's part of your road, your roadmap. So we will launch our uh, we will launch our first NFTs I think next week or the week after. Um, so we we already um, develop what we wanted to do. So let me tell you, I have a love hate relationship with NFTs uh, because there is way too much hype. I love the technology. I love what we can do with it. I hate the hype that happened the last five months. Uh, I can tell you, for someone who speaks with a lot of sports teams like I do, uh, all of the teams I'm talking to, they receive hundreds of emails of people that, hey, I'm going to launch an NFT for you, I'm going to save your club, and you're going to make trillions of dollars. And the, the reality today is the NFT market dried up. Uh, and that's the reality. There is no argument it's, uh, as a sports collectible. I mean. it, it, it completely dried up, including for um, NBA Top Shot or other stuff. And again, it's not because it's good or bad, it's just because it's the reality. Now the question is, how do you add utility to NFTs? We, as your, me as a European, I think we have to split between North American and the rest of the world. North American have or ha, yeah, have a culture of trading sports collectible, trading cards and 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 and, and baseball, etc. And there, there is a market. We European and the rest of the world, we don't have a culture of trading sports collectible. When we are kids, we have a culture of panini cards and stuff like this, but not as adults. As adults, we do not have this culture. Huh. So there is, a market, there is a market to be created if we want it to be successful. All the moments, highlights, and, 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 uh, that, and in all respect to uh, Dapper, they created something that I would never thought would work, in all fairness. So kudos to them. But is this scalable in the rest of the world? I don't have the answer. Some will be, some will not. Great. For us, the way we approach it is the following. I own a Juventus token. Again, I don't know why I always own a Juventus token. <laughs> but I own a Juventus token. And tonight, the team is scoring a goal. Out of the 100,000 people who own the Juventus token, 100 are going to receive uh, an NFT of that goal. Whatever is the media we attach to it, the content uh, that uh, translates that goal is a, is a different topic. But I'm the one of the 100 people who receive this. Two things going to happen here. One, I don't care. So I'm going to actually try to sell it back to the market because I could not care less receiving this thing in my wallet. Two, people care because they want to collect every single goals of Juventus this year. And they were not lucky enough to get that token. And then we're going to have 100 people 50 people that's going to have all the goal of this year, and we're going to invite them in the VIP box that we have in Juventus. So we see NFTs as a reward, as a gamification of fan tokens and, and, um, and loyalty and engagement, but we don't see NFTs as a standalone product for us. And also because we don't want to compete with Dapper, we don't want to compete with Sorar. There is stupid amount of bidding wars right now on, on, on rights. I know it. I see them every day. I'm not going after that. So we have our niche, we have our model, and we believe NFT is an additional layer. It's just, you know, when I'm in a meeting, I usually say, this is an NFT. The NFT is a bottle. The question is what you put inside. 
And yeah. nobody has the answer of what's valuable inside that uh, bottle. And um, this is where we are going. So we will launch that in the next few weeks and few months. We're going to improve this. It's going to be cool. It's going it's to fail. We're going to make cool stuff or not. But for, for us, NFTs is, or sorry, NFTs are about utility and gamification. And I love what Dapper is doing. I love what Sorare is doing. I love what game-based company are doing with NFTs. I believe a lot in that. I'm a little bit less in love with other arts-related collectible and a lot of hype that will most likely die in the next few months. So final question for you, the Chili's token itself. What yes. drives the economics of that? Because that's, that's different now. We're not in the fan world. This is the, this is the cryptocurrency that, that you created for Socios that everything kind of hangs off. What drives that token and how does that work? So the, the, the way we see it is this token is the main medium of exchange or main access to our ecosystem. And I'm not talking about price because I'm not entitled to say anything about price. I'm just saying that the more fans we have, the more we have Chili's users. And that translates already today in a, even on Ethereum, you can see that the, 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 the more we grew, the more they are Chili's token holders. Because yeah. you need Chili's to have access to our platform. Therefore, the more we onboard teams, the more we succeed in onboarding users, retaining users, converting users, the more the Chili's ecosystem will grow. So it reflects the value of the network? Yes, somehow, yes. Eventually, where we want to go, we call that Chili's 2.0, I hate these names, but <laughs> is the fact that we will have a Chili's will become most likely a native asset in the Chili's chain, and it will become the, uh, I'm going to use uh, gas as an example, but it's going to become the, the asset that you need to engage with the whole ecosystem, even in the chain itself, for the fan tokens, for the NFTs, for the voting and all that stuff. Um, and we, we are even working on some like, st again, stacking is irrelevant as a name, but the more you own chilies, the more you have, a, or sorry, the longer you own chilies, the more chance you have to get early NFTs or early fan tokens that we haven't sold yet to the market. So we, we need to reward our Essentially users. a version of staking. Yes, I just don't like that name because it's, it's, it's wrong, but yes. Yeah, it's fascinating. So the Chili token itself, it's totally centralized. How does that, how is it validated? How are the nodes validated? It's on Ethereum. So you have already more than 65% that is uh, in, uh, distributed, I think, or something like that. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a purely ERC20 uh, token. Within it, is there any voting rights of the, for, the, for how the clubs use? It's an... No, there is no governance attached directly with Chili's today. Tomorrow in the in the, in the chain, the Chili's chain, yes, uh, and we are working on that already. Um, we, we are careful. I always say that our priority is not to show to the world the most decentralized product. Our priority is to have users. How many chain? How many uh, token-based uh, project have no users? but a lot of discussion about how amazing they are. But yet they have no application and no utility and zero users, or zero users count in thousands. We have in our Chili's chain, if you go on explorer.chilis.com, doing a bit of advertising here, you will find almost 800,000 wallets of fans and users who own fan tokens. Uh, and we're going to reach a million very soon. And are they pretty active or are they buy and holders? How, do, how does it? Both. You literally have two kinds of users, or probably more than that. You have the 
that, that's one of the questions actually one of the big 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 club asked me is Alex or most of your users are speculators my answer to that is it's irrelevant speculators or not it's a little bit like 25 years ago 30 years ago the first people who bought a Nintendo or a Sega uh, video game whatever console were the geek like me I was a geek I was the first one to get a console because I was an early adopter no, this is mainstream and everybody has one. Here it's a little bit the same. The profile and demographics of the users that are engaging with us today and the one that will engage with us in the next five years are going to be completely different. Because at the end, it's again, it's about education. So do we have more crypto enthusiasts today than traditional fans? Yes, because crypto enthusiasts are more educated and understand immediately, like you, what we are doing. But there is no, there, uh, there is not 100 million howl I can explain to, or actually I don't have to explain to because you get it. But I have another 1 billion people I need to explain what we do and that's going to take 10 or 15 years. And that's fine because that's how it works. Perfect. And look, I, I think you're at the forefront of something really big here um, in terms of where this is all going. I, you know, I, I'm trying to get across to people the magnitude of the shift of business models. And as I said, you're basically investing in culture, you're investing in fandom, you're investing in the communities at a broader sense in all of these things. And it may look strange now to people. And you may say, well, I don't really know how the token economics are gonna work and I don't know the reward system. That's fine, because you're, you're a pioneer. And everyone's gonna figure this out over time. And the world we live in today is gonna be nothing like the world in 10 years time. I, no, totally. And you know, sometimes, of course, I'm, I'm very vocal, even publicly, and especially on my LinkedIn, I'm slightly a little bit aggressive sometimes, which sounds very cocky, but it's because some clubs ask us questions, what will happen in three years, what will happen in five years, etc. Sometimes I have the answer, sometimes I have a vision and I have very clear pictures, but I cannot guarantee it. And when, when, when I want to be a little bit pushy, I say, guys, let's be clear. It doesn't matter if you believe or not in what we do, it's happening. The question is how and when you embrace it. The later you embrace it, the later you will generate revenue. That's it. That's the only question that matters. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a speech that clubs are not used to it. They don't used to have someone trying to push out of their comfort zone. And yet, that's my job. Yeah, because this is, in the end, when I get to this point with people, I just say, well, the internet grew at 63% a year. And the comparison from the same number of users the whole crypto ecosystem is growing at 113% a year. It's twice the rate of adoption of the fastest ever adoption of technology in history, which was the internet. So it's like, as you say, it's either now or later, but it's going to happen. And in the sports, nobody wants to be first, but nobody wants to be last. Yeah. Alex, fascinating. Thanks so much for your time. I thought it was really interesting. And best of luck with it all. Thanks a lot. See you soon. All right. Cheers. Hey there, since you got to the end, I'm guessing you liked the video. And that's probably because we don't just turn on a camera and film, we work really hard on getting the narrative flow just right. And that's why many finance companies are actually now hiring Real Vision to make videos for them. One of our recent client videos just hit 100,000 organic views on YouTube, and there were no kittens in sight. So if you want to find out how Real Vision can make a video for your company, just email us at customvideo at realvision.com.